0: Welcome to the Nourishing Place podcast. My name is Kelly Newton. I'm an intuitive spiritual guide on a mission to support the collective in reconnecting with spirit, healing from the inside out, and bridging the gap between the spiritual and physical realms. I will be bringing you interviews, tools, chats, and resources designed to empower you as you expand into who you truly are. I am so excited and grateful that you tuned in today. Let's get started. Hello, 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 welcome back. Today on this episode, I have Mackenzie Starcher with me and she is the owner of Transcend Motherhood Co., an experienced hypnobirthing childbirth educator, certified birth doula, and an advocate for informed decision-making before, during, and after birth. It was such a pleasure to have her on the podcast to discuss her perspective on the misconceptions around maternity care in the United States. And you know I share my perspective too. We have a great conversation around a few misconceptions that she hears a lot. She also wants to welcome you to pop into her DMs with any questions you may have on Instagram. We both wanna put a trigger warning here as we know that this can be a sensitive topic for people and we will go deep and share our opinions about where we think maternity care in the United States is lacking. McKinsey and I would both like to preface this episode by stating that all pregnancies and birth experiences are unique, and you know your body and baby the best. Whatever you may have experienced or have chosen for your pregnancy and birth, we support you. We are sharing our perspectives here based on low risk pregnancies in the United States. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's jump in.
1: Hi, McKinsey. Welcome onto the podcast. Hi, thanks for
0: having me. Yes, I am excited to dive into this topic with all of its nuances and different perspectives. I, I do. I love what you share. Um, I see a lot on social and just the knowledge that you bring forth through your business, Transcend Motherhood Co., because I don't think that the perspectives you share are commonly seen. And I do think it's so important to start bringing these different different ideas, different bits of knowledge, you know, um, because... You know, pregnancy and motherhood and birth. I mean, that's a part of all of our lives. At some point, we were all born. We're were all all born. born. We're We're here. We're here. here. We were all born. (laughs) So, I would love it if you could just start off by telling us a bit about who you are. You know, what you do, and and what brought you to this this path.
1: Yes. So, I'm McKenzie. I am a mom, and I am a birth doula and a hypnobirthing teacher and i actually did not ever anticipate my life going this direction this was never a passion of mine actually people would tell me their birth stories when i was like a teenager like early adult
0: there was one time a
1: girl told me her story and i got physically ill i had to i had to excuse myself from the conversation so like no one ever would have thought oh. that, like <laughs> this is the path that i was going down it's terrible i feel so bad now i used to be like really queasy um so not terrible. Uh, it's okay <laughs> So in 2021, I actually had my son, I birthed him. And afterwards, I was just like ignited with this passion for Birth and um, I had a really. I was very fortunate to have a really great pregnancy and um, learn a lot during that time. I had a great birth, and then um, postpartum was kind of hard for me. So I actually started my business wanting to support postpartum moms. Um, but then in my community, there's actually a greater need for kind of like an upstream care first. Like if uh, you know you're not getting the education prenatally and preparing for the birth that you desire. Uh, you know, then you're kind of like trying to like fix those things postpartum or like deal with those. Whereas like, if we can start up here, you know, during prenatal, uh, you know, during pregnancy and work on that, then that can make the transition to postpartum easier. And I still support postpartum. I see what
0: you're saying. I see what you're saying. So you're saying kind of start at the beginning Yes. and then you can, yes, develop that relationship as well. See them through Okay. Yes. Got yeah.
1: It. So um. yeah. So I decided to myself become a hypnobirthing teacher because I took a hypnobirthing class as a client during my pregnancy and it just changed my whole perspective on birth. Uh, you know, like I said, I used to be, I couldn't even listen to other people's birth stories. So it was like a running joke. Like my mom would always be like, well, whenever you get pregnant, like you better just prepare yourself because X, Y, Z, you know, like all the like horror stories. And I was terrified. Like, even at the beginning of my pregnancy, I was like, How am I going to do this? How is a baby going to come out of my body? And I knew I was going to birth in the hospital. So I was like, there's gonna be needles and there's gonna be this and there's gonna be this. like I was panicked. So
0: much and then fear. I,
1: so much fear. And that's yeah. in hypnobirthing in my class, like my perspective was so just shifted and like my fear was gone uh after taking the class. Um and I just had so much more confidence in my body and in my baby and how they work together. Um, and so, you know, again, in my community, like that's really needed. It's a, we live in a rural area. There's one hospital, everybody pretty much sees the same doctors um, and it's a really fear-based approach. Um, let alone, you know, everything we see like in movies and, and TV shows. It when- I totally
0: have that vision <sighs> of, of the, the mother. <laughs> going into labor and then the father being like <laughs> yeah dad, like, it's an emergency it is an emergency people yes. everyone like sound the alarms call 911 and yes. I'm like birthing a child is not an emergency exactly. in most cases
1: in most cases and that's that's the important thing is like in most cases it's really not but again in the movies just like you're saying like dad is freaking out you got to rush to the hospital or the baby's going to be born in the car and then you get to the hospital and they're screaming and they're like it's it is. It doesn't have to be like that, and typically it doesn't go that fast either. Like, but like you said, it's not an emergency right. in a majority of cases, and so that's what I'm really passionate about is working with other women who might feel the way that I did. You know, fearful, anxious, whatever part of the spectrum there, and just instilling that confidence in them, and then it, you know, regardless of what kind of birth they desire for themselves, if they can go into it with confidence and feeling calm, it's gonna have huge effects on themselves, first of all. But second, the baby actually it affects the baby during that pregnancy and in the birth experience. And again, then it just sets you both up better postpartum. So yes, that's how I got on this path.
0: I love it. I love it. And I like that you're saying you know it gives them the confidence and also gives them the confidence to choose. And I think when we yes we always have choice and I think sometimes at least my experience in the medical field is sometimes you feel like you don't have choice Yes. or like those people have authority. So they know more about my body, but they really don't know more about my body. <laughs> so yes. I love what you're saying. I totally think like, yeah, by building that confidence, no matter what keep a family chooses for their, you know, their birth or what they intend for, which doesn't always the case of what happens, but what they intend for, they have a choice they're making the choice. And I think that just builds confidence
1: too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, uh, again, I, well, and I don't think I said this, but I was previously a teacher, like I taught elementary school. So um, I just, ever since I was a kid, I knew I was going to be a teacher. So it's funny because this is just now like the golden thread throughout my yes. life. <laughs> I love educating and um, especially educating on this topic. Because again, that confidence comes from being informed and having, like you said, the understanding that you can choose and that you know, just the confidence that you actually, like you said, you know your body and you know your baby better than, um, you know, a provider that you see once a month for five yes. minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, yes. you know.
0: And I know sometimes at least um, it can be maybe a different provider every time. I know some hospitals yeah. have multiple midwives, so then you show up and whoever you get is who you get. Yeah. So you don't get that opportunity to build exactly. that relationship. Um, yes.
1: I work with my clients starting during their pregnancy, we meet at least once a month. And then also if they're in my class, then I'm seeing them, you know, multiple times a month. Um, and then I am with them, you know, through, through the phone, they have access to me. We have our meetings and then they, I'm on call for their birth starting at, you know, a few weeks before their due date. And then a couple weeks after. And, um, so I am on call for them. They call me, I meet them either at their house or at the hospital. And I support mom all the way through that labor, all the way through birth. I stay a little bit, you know, after baby is born. And then we have a couple visits postpartum too. So yes, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's someone regular that you're seeing all the time. It's a consistent support person.
0: When I was a kid, like you had, like my mom, her doctor was also the woman who birthed me, like with, you know, who helped her birth me. Um, But now I just feel like it's changed. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know we're going to dive into that. So let's talk about hospitals.
1: Yes. Listen. So I, like I said, I birthed in a hospital, like I knew from the beginning of my pregnancy, like that's where I was going to feel most safe and comfortable with the information that I had at that time. So, um, you know, this is what I want to like, I always say this in my class, like if there were like a headline or like I could just title this like section of what I'm saying is like, this does not apply to every single pregnant person, every situation, because every every pregnancy, even with the same mom same person is different so you have to like use your filter of what you know about yourself and your pregnancy and your life to be true but um, especially in the u.s maternity care model it's just assumed and like very much pushed that the hospital is the safest place to birth for every single person having a baby and um you know obviously the hospital and the tools and interventions that exist in the hospital exist for a reason. They were created because there was a problem um, and there are absolutely cases where these interventions are needed and they're life saving. Um, The problem with today's maternity care is that you are treated, everybody's treated the same across the board. So it's like a one size fits all, but just like we're saying, every pregnancy is different. So already like that logically doesn't match up. Um, So, you know, in the hospital, again, it's like, this is the safest place for you. We can control what's going on. We've got all these tools. We've got all these things to make sure that you and your baby are safe and alive. And like, that's the bar set. And of course, like, that's important. We need that, Uh, you know, but there's a difference between, uh, you know, someone considered high risk who might have something like, you know, preeclampsia. That's a huge risk in pregnancy and and absolutely needs to be dealt with medically. Um, but for, um, I'm going to speak from my own pregnancy experience. Um, I had no risk factors for anything. I had, it was a very low risk patient. Um, so all of those, um, interventions that were going to be put on me were unnecessary for my situation. And again, m- a majority of pregnancies are healthy and, and don't mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. they're not high risk. So we're talking low risk versus high risk. If we want to you know, put labels on it like that. Um, But, you know, again, it's coming from this place of, um, you know, fear from the system. And so we're learning to navigate that, but all of that to say that I think a big misconception in U S maternity care is the hospital is safe for every single person, no matter what's going on in your pregnancy. So um, as you can imagine, then when you are a low risk birthing person and you go to the hospital, you have all of these tools, the doctors or midwives have all of these tools at their hands. So you get there like, well, why not sweet it up? You're already here. Let's just go ahead and hook you up to Pitocin, for example. We'll just get it going faster. Um, but again, if you don't have any indication for the need of that, that's, they're taking like a like a prophylactic approach, like, well, let's do this just in case, but that's not always uh, best for all the moms because there's a process at play. And I always, I always tell my, you know, my clients and my students in my class, like, I am going to get a little woo-woo on you when it comes to birth because yes, there's science behind it, but it's also so spiritual. And the process was literally created by source, by God. I'm going to refer to God, but source universe, you know, it's designed like this for a reason. So, um, your body and your baby already know how to work together. And we can know that that's true because you're not having to actively think about, you know, creating your baby's extremities or like, you know, Oh, it's week 12. I need to make sure that their brain is developing, et cetera. So we already know that that is true. Um, and the same thing is true for the actual birth process. So, um, we talk about this as physiology of birth, um and every every intervention whether it's medical or even just leaving your house could be considered kind of like an interruption of the process um it can you know affect that energy that you have together and just how the process was designed to work Uh, and so again all this comes back to when you're going to the hospital These interventions are there. You implement these interventions, like, quote, unquote, just to be safe. Well, then it kind of throws the process off, which then, oh, oh, well, looking like baby's heart is decelerating. We need to do X, Y, Z when that heart deceleration is likely caused by whatever intervention, again, upstream, like what that Pitocin has an effect on the body and the process and can cause distress for baby. Distress for baby can lead to heart decelerations. Oh, baby has heart deceleration. We need to take you to the OR. So it's like, you know, again, if we had just left the process alone as much as possible, if there are no indications.
0: Do you think that that, um, that scenario with the Pitocin and the Mm -hmm. the baby's heart acceleration is what leads to the mass amount of um, cesareans. And I know there are some necessary cesarean sections, but (laughs) I feel like it's like one in three women, correct me if I'm wrong. One in three women will have a cesarean in the the United States hospital.
1: Yes. And so that's the national average is about 33% right now. Um, The world health organization, you know, if that's it, you know, if that's who you want to take your data from, but that is something that uh, providers look at. Um, They suggest that only 10% of induction, well, I might be getting my numbers wrong here. Maybe don't quote me on this.
0: Uh, Yes, (laughs) but
1: the the cesarean rate should not be 30% at all. Um, And in smaller communities like mine, it's closer to 40 or 50%. Wow. Yeah. I know
0: other people in other countries, you know, have told me like, oh, at all costs, we don't we do not push for cesarean. Yes. And I remember reading a book um just about like gut health even or just like just like about yep. the lung, the lung health, like the baby's health, like when they are born by a yep. C-section. Um, which again, it's okay if like you had to have, do you had a Absolutely. C-section already, I, I mean, I know plenty of people who have, oh, yeah. Um, it's just that um, the process of coming out of the birth canal actually helps the lungs get stronger Yes. and um and helps the gut start pumping and doing all the things yeah. that it's supposed to do. Like there was a reason for that. And mm-hmm. remember when I heard that, I was like, or read about that. I was like, that makes so much sense. Right. And I always think about, I've been with uh, women when they've had a cesarean section and, um, you know, the, the baby's all of a sudden just there, right? And it's kind of like, I, I just was thinking, wow, how shocking. And then they're just like, I was so mortified because I <sighs> look over and they're just scraping the mm-hmm. baby. And I was like, like in my mind, okay, this is not true. In my mind, they're like holding the baby by the foot, just scraping it. Like that's no, kind of how it- I felt.
1: And you're absolutely right. And again, all of, you know, I don't want to say like, this is of course not 100% of every single obstetrician and every single, you know, nurse midwife in the hospital, of course. But uh, again, unfortunately the culture around birth in our country is fear-based and that's the place that these providers are working from. And so that is true, you know, even in a vaginal birth like that is that, even though it's not evidence-based or, you know, it's not like the research does not show that this is the best treatment for moms and babies that's happening in vaginal births too. Baby is coming out and nurses are scrubbing baby and like all, like there's no indication that they need stimulation. And these, my most recent client, this just happened and the mom and dad are saying, stop. And they're not stopping. Like they're like in a trance operating from this place. And so that's 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 kind of what we're dealing with in the hospital system and again it exists for a reason but uh, yeah right and like
0: and we we do have the choice to say no but there's also this part that's like we kind of give a little bit of our rights away as we step into the hospital and even things like um for my own personal experience in the medical field like if you say you don't want something and the doctor doesn't like that I just feel for me they just treat you a little bit differently
1: they do that's Um, my personal experience too
0: yeah and I I don't think that's like a conscious thing necessarily but Mm -hmm. I do feel that way like Or even, is it, is it the vitamin? Eye ointment. Eye ointment, yeah. there's so many. No, that immediately then like blinds your baby. You know, it's just, I don't know. There's just so many things where I'm like, we can say no to that. But then it's also like, they're questioning you. Why are you saying no to that? Because I want to, because
1: I can. Exactly. And you know, again, like there are two things on that. Like, you know, they're all of this, even after a baby is out of your body, it's still part of the process that source created. So like you're saying, even, you know, there are, of course, necessary cesareans, but these ones that we know statistically are not half. I can say this for sure. This is something I can I can quote and send you um, half of all the cesareans being performed are unnecessary. That's So 50 percent. That's, that's insane. That's so, insane. Yeah. And so again, like probably like,
0: more than that. But again, I'm not. About oh, there. exactly. Know, because, but, yeah. again,
1: this is in the U.S. They're not required to report everything. So this, it, there's, oh, there's just okay. lots of, lots of, lots of problems. Practitioners aren't, um, they don't have to report their cesarean rates to any, anyone. So oh, okay, it's, it could very well be higher. Absolutely. And right. again, in my area, it for sure is higher just based on, you know, uh, the group of doulas that I work with and just the doulas who have been in the area for a long time, um, as well as some of, you know, just having connections in a small area. Right hard evidence that it's more than so one what of every can three people women do. I guess like, yeah,
0: it's good to know these things yes. and to like, be aware that like, there are a lot of unnecessary cesareans happening just so if you are pregnant, then you can make your own choice. Yeah. Um, and I feel like when we know more, the more we know beforehand, the better, yeah. because then we have that more confidence in that. So yeah. like, what can, what can we do?
1: So that's a great question. And again, it comes back to education and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Because again, when you, when you understand what's going on, you can feel more empowered to either, you know, go with it if that feels right for you or, or make a change. And so the change comes from knowing, uh, you know, the actual research, uh, and, and, you know, what I want to say is not just hypnobirthing, but any comprehensive childbirth education class outside of the hospital, that's, that is my first uh, recommendation to anybody, even if you're like, I'm not, no, I'm not interested in hypnobirthing. There are so many classes online, any, again, just outside of the hospital, because the issue is, again, when you're taken in the hospital, like you're getting basically the hospital side of the story. When you're taking one outside of the hospital, you're working with a professional who is looking at the research and has, you know, this to share with you. So that's the first part. And, you know, in hypnobirthing and other uh, courses, classes, whatever, um, you learn about the process of birth itself and how all of these things work so synergistically together. So I think that's a really important first step is just educating yourself. And if you can't afford to take a class, I'll send you some books. Like, There are free, there are free books that go to the library. I listen, that's a great, that's a great first place to start. But um, the second thing is to think about what does your ideal birth look like? You know, even aside from where you're birthing, like, how do you want to feel during your birth? Do you you want to feel confident? Do you want to be calm? Do you want it to be like, you know, do you want to be rushing to the hospital and excited? Like whatever it is that's, that feels good for you. It's just about, how do you want to be treated in your birth and how do you want your baby to be treated and what kind of experience do you want that to be for your, you know, whether it's your family unit or your, you know, whoever's assisting you and supporting you in your birth. That's what uh, I talk about a lot is getting really clear on your birth desires and, Mm -hmm. you know, what you want the experience to look like. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that kind of comes from just knowing what your options are because, uh, again, I can only say, really speak from where I live in this part of the country, but a lot of women, again, just don't even know that they have the choice. And so when that doctor that almost, you know, everyone in in our area sees says, oh, well, you need to be induced at 39 weeks, because that's just what we do. If you don't know that one that's that may not be the best course of action for you and your baby, it likely isn't. uh, And that you have other choices, then you can actually say, oh, actually, Actually, uh, you know, I want to try this first or how about, you know, whatever. you can ask right. those questions, but when you're not educated or, you know, you don't know that you have those options, obviously you can't right. ask. And like you said, there's a perceived uh, like hierarchy of power, uh, again, especially in birth. And this, I think, comes from a lot of training in childhood is, you know, you listen to what someone tells you in school, you listen to your parents or your family or whomever you live with growing up, you listen to these authority figures. And so then, you know, you become pregnant, you're this like older version of yourself, but still like inside, we're still kind of those children. Mm -hmm. uh, And we're reacting in the same way of doctors saying like, well, this is what we always do. It's very difficult, especially if you don't have the information to say anything other than like, yes, ma'am, you know? Right.
0: And I think too, like we've, uh, well, we're all, you know, I think women especially have been, um, you know, confidence, people pleasing, you know, trying yes. to be perfect, trying yes. to make sure whatever they need to follow and rule followers, all rule these followers. things. And like, good girl. Yeah. And we can now then, I guess, you know, raise our kids to know that that's not the case, that they can make their own choices. And yeah. like, we do have yeah. rights. And even, even not, even if you're not, going to have a child still navigating the medical system is the same way. You have yes. to go in there and sign up for what you want. Even when your doctor's like, huh, most people don't ask for that. And then exactly. you know, it's like, well, I'm not most people I'm going to ask for that, you know, and exactly. it's even though it, it can be hard. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I'm not just trying to and especially like if, when you are pregnant and your hormones are shifting and so all these vulnerable. things like it is, it's such a vulnerable place. You're growing the human child yeah. and, and you have to show up and, In all these new ways and different ways, and maybe already have kids, so I can really see how that, like, having a doula or having a long-term like midwife or any support person in that who can really stand up for you, who knows what you want, and then can be there for you, especially in those moments where you're like, "Wait, I didn't want them to put the eye ointment on," yes, but I'm also like asleep because I just I'm so tired, yeah, baby, and you know whatever you're feeling, it's nice to have another person there, another person there, or people there to be like, "No." that's yeah. not what we
1: want. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say next too. is after you decide like what you do want that experience to look like and what preferences you have. Um, and when I say preferences, you know, sometimes people refer to that as like a birth plan. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing like, like you said, if the eye ointment is something that you don't want, like you're, you're first of all, like that's on your birth plan, then you're having that conversation with your provider as soon as possible. Like once you get clear on that, having those conversations also helps with that. And you can determine, you know, if your provider is like, well, why would you not want to do the eye ointment? Do you want your baby to be blind? That's what you're going to be told. Yes. But you know, I (laughs) could. But I no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but
0: so, so then, I don't you know, mean to laugh it's not funny and I I no. just I feel your passion and yeah I'm passionate about it too and so I I understand I know.
1: <laughs> no so yeah so um but so I you know what if they saying, respond you're saying just
0: show up and say as soon as, soon as yeah, you know I yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. eye or whatever it is absolutely you tell that person and, and if they say why would you not want that you can maybe choose a different provider absolutely that point.
1: Yep. and you find somebody who's supportive and that's already going to set you up uh, for a better experience. Right. Um, and again, like you said, that's not always easy. I, I can speak from that. I had a very difficult time, but I knew I needed, I, I was at toward the end of my pregnancy and I was just like, I, this is not a good fit for me. And I switched at 36 weeks pregnant, got that's COVID. You. I didn't even meet my new provider until I was 38 weeks pregnant. Wow. So it's not easy. I'm not tell. I never tell anybody that it is because again, we're trained to be people pleasers, but you know, um, just setting yourself up with that supportive team, like you said, doula, ideally a provider who's on board if you do have, you know, the privilege of being with the same provider throughout your pregnancy. Um, and then even if you don't hire a doula, whatever kind of support person is going to be with you, whether it be your partner or a friend or mom, whoever, just making sure they're on the same page um, with what your desires are too, because like you said, um, you know, during labor and after birthing your baby is not the time that you want to have to be advocating for yourself. Right. And so if we can set ourselves up uh, for that better beforehand, have those people on board, you know, that just, there so many things uh, tie into I it, it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, It is something
0: that I really care about too. Um, and I really just care about people and I care about people's choices and, you know, that they can be heard and seen and held in those spaces. So I know it's a really important one. And I know we've been talking a lot about that. So I think if anyone is like people who are listening to this, the biggest takeaway, I would say, at least from my perspective would be you have choices and the more you educate yourself, the more you can show up, right? Like Absolutely. in those choices, right? And That's be 10%. Yep. 100%. <laughs> so I did want to talk about um, like any other like big misconceptions that you can think about. Cause that one was obviously like that people think the hospital is the safest place to have a baby. And then we definitely dove into a lot of information about that. What are other um, misconceptions like that people that you think people have? I would love to
1: know. So another big one that I hear, especially in my like small town community, um, people don't know what a doula is or if they do. uh, And, you know, even midwives, uh, the conception is that doulas and midwives only support you if you're having a home birth or only attend your birth. If you're having Uh a home birth. Yeah. I've had this question a lot. Um, And again, speaking from experience in my area, Southeastern Ohio, the need for doulas is in both spaces. Uh, But in this area, uh, you know, a majority and throughout the U S actually 99% of birthing women will birth in the hospital or like pregnant women will birth in the hospital. Yeah. It's only one. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm shocked. (laughs) It is. It's shocking. And that's why it's so important to have, that's why I got on my soapbox about the hospital. I'm blown away. I'm
0: blown away.
1: Yeah, it's it's wild. So you know, when you put it in that context, like in everything we just talked about with the hospitals, if you're a low risk mom, you're like, "Damn, sorry, I don't know." If- you can my- an Explicit podcast. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> like, I I might need some support if you know I'm I'm wanting to do something different than than the right? system or the wow. hospital prescribes. Yeah. So doulas support all birth. So um, there are doulas who specifically, yes, to support home births or prioritize home births, Um, maybe prioritize hospital births, but you can even hire a doula who, if you know that you have to have a C-section, there are doulas who specifically support C-section. So there are doulas for everything. And um, you know, like we said earlier, doulas are not medical professionals, but we're trained support people. Um, And so whatever your birth vision looks like, we're there for you. The thing I I think is really fascinating because again, it's like, um, this is like a misconception inside of a misconception, but, um, you know, it's just the thought of like, well, if you have a baby in your uterus and you're pregnant, you need to see an OB. Like, that's just what we're told. You, you see your OBGYN and probably the same person you've been getting a pap smear from since you were 18. It doesn't, you don't really know anything about them, but that's who you've always seen. That's who your mom saw. That's who delivered you as a baby. You know, um, that's kind of the perception, but, um, and of course there are wonderful OBs, uh,
0: yes, of course. That's like, yeah. you know, I'm not saying
1: it's not not saying everybody's not, but OBs are trained in pregnancies that are not low risk. Does that make sense? So, yeah. they're trained to see things that could go wrong or are going wrong, and they're also trained surgeons. Um so that's also another like, you know, uh kind of an indication of like the C-section thing. You know, if you yeah. if you're in the hands of a trained surgeon, if they're operating from a no, well, their no lens person. is that of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's the difference between um, obstetricians and midwives is midwives are trained in the physiology of birth and all of the medical, all of the medical training uh, of an OB aside from surgery. So and they midwives don't perform cesareans um, and they don't use uh, other, like a mechanical delivery, like okay. forceps. Right, um, right, right. But otherwise, they have the same medical training. But again, there has been um, attack. Sounds like a very strong word, but there has been, uh, you know, some misinformation surrounding midwives over the last decades. Um, that people assume that a midwife is just uh, someone who's not even trained is just showing up, and that's not true. Um, now, again, we could talk about midwifery for a long time, but um, in the hospital, it's typically certified nurse midwives. But uh, home birth setting or Birth centers, there's certified professional midwives. But the history of midwifery is that it it really was just a woman who had learned from her grandmother and, and prior and prior and supported women in the village. Mid, midwife literally means with women. And I just love that. So
0: I love that too.
1: All of that to say, um, you don't have to see an OB. And midwives are not just uh for home births. They can support you in the hospital if that's where you feel most safe too.
0: Again, like. It, it just so much comes down to educating ourselves and, and also to like debunk these misconceptions, misconceptions within ourselves too. And like all these judgments. And I think too, like the medical industry is here to make money Um, and, you know, and, and the thing is like, as women, as we, we regain our power, we step into it. We reclaim it, not regain, we reclaim it. And there are more midwives and there are more doulas and there are more people who are supporting um, women or people who are birthing. It's so important. Like, I think that also it's a little threatening, you know, to the powers yes. that be in the system. So it is. And so they're going to, they're going to put that, you know, those views out there that midwives. But the thing is, <laughs> when we learn from our grandmothers who learn from their grandmothers, who learn from their grandmothers, there's so much freaking magic in that. So much. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. So I love uh, that. Like, yeah. I love that there are doulas who are not the medical professionals, even, you know, the midwives that are, but the doulas who aren't, who are there to really just support that whole process. Um, and it's great because we can have our, our partners, you know, there with us, but there's something really nice about having someone outside of it because then doula yeah. can even support the partner too. Right? Yeah.
1: That's what I was right. going to say. Cause, and I talk about, you know, the nervous system a lot in my class of like, it's not only a completely new experience for mom it's for the partner, you know, whoever is supporting yeah. her and her birth, it's a whole new experience for their nervous system too. And so they need to be supported as well. And so that's a big part of what I teach also. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, you know, it's just a third party, not, you know, some, some hospitals do have, uh, like, uh, doulas on staff, but a lot of doulas are just their own entity and don't work for the medical system, which again, then you're not, um, you're not trapped in your system, uh, in the system yourself. Like, unfortunately, you know, there are right? nurses, No, I see what you're saying. You can yeah. say what
0: you want. You can support yes. them. You can stand yep. up for them because you're not part of that bureaucracy or yeah. that system. Like if you're a Absolutely. midwife in a hospital, you're still part of the system, you are whether yeah. you have those beliefs or not. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that.
1: Back to uh, just, just real quick, because I could go on about this one too, but, uh, you know, birth is a business and it generates a lot of money for these hospitals. And, you know, again, just even thinking about the the 50% of cesareans that are unnecessary, that is a 30 to 45 minute surgery. And in a majority of hospitals, the doctors get paid more money for a cesarean birth than a vaginal birth. And if you have an undisturbed vaginal birth for a first time mom, the average length length of labor is anywhere from 12 to 24 hours. So you've got a doctor who wants to go to his kid's soccer game at 5 p.m. A mom who's, you know, been laboring for 12 hours. It's 4 p.m. Like, oh, well, you know what? Let's just, it looks like babies X, Y, Z. Let's just go ahead and take you to the OR. That doctor knows they're making more money and they're going home to their kids. And so it's just, again, it all goes back to like, it's a business and it's just a system that needs some change. And the way that it's going to change is when consumers, again, start getting this information and start demanding something different from the, you know, the providers, the, the right. systems, especially in our area. You know, that's something we're working on. People who have had, you know, traumatic experiences at the hospital, like we, we, tell them like, call, send a letter, like they need to know, yeah. um, but it's not going to change until the consumer and, you know, these pregnant people, myself included, Uh, you know, change what they expect. Well, you know,
0: I think kind of linked to that, you had said earlier, you know, healthy, healthy mom, healthy baby, right? Healthy parent, healthy baby. But the thing is, they're just taking physical health into consideration. They're not actually taking all of that part, the baby and, you know, and all even long-term health into consideration physically. So yeah, they're not
1: my, uh, my, one of my favorite mentors, and he doesn't know he's my mentor, but uh, his name's Dr. Stu and his podcast is called birthing instincts. And I just, I adore it. Uh, And he he does it with a midwife um, bliss. And he always says, uh, you know, baby in a bassinet, like that's the end goal for the OB. And once the baby is born, the baby is no longer, uh, like the, the OB is no longer in charge of the baby. Like it's hands off. My job's done. The pediatric department is then in charge of the baby. So they really, you know, again, it's just, it's a system where they're not forced to care about that baby once it's out of the mom's body. Right. Yeah. Right. I see what it's you're saying.
0: Do you have any other misconceptions for us?
1: I do. I have one more and this is Ooh. one of my favorite ones. Yes. And uh, this is what I just want to say, you know, again, everybody's experience with birth is unique to them. And this is not meant to take away your experience or invalidate your experience if you did not, uh, you know, have the same experience. But um, we have a lot of programming, uh, just like we talked about movies, TV shows, about the pain of birth. Um, And unfortunately this has also been passed down through generations. Um, But yeah, the next one I really wanted to hit on is that birth is just inherently traumatic and painful and you should just plan to be miserable. But once it's over with, at least you met your baby. So um, I love to talk about this one because it it does not have to be traumatic and it does not Mm -hmm. have to be painful. And I talk about this a lot in hypnobirthing, and this is really the tenet of hypnobirthing. So we talked about the birth physiology uh, of how body and baby have this process together. And uh, a big part of that process, as you might imagine, is hormones. uh, When, you know, if you're not being induced or having, you know, a a C-section prior to labor, um, labor is induced by baby, uh, releasing a cocktail of hormones and then your body responds with your hormones like oxytocin and all the other like feel-good ones and so the way that the physiology is meant to work is that you are you know releasing what we call the love cocktail so again oxytocin and all those feel-good ones and so you're having this exchange with baby like you have oxytocin and they're secreting this and that helps the process of labor move forward and when we can really um what's the word I want to say? When we can capitalize on your oxytocin that your body's creating naturally and that flow with baby, it creates endorphins. And when the endorphins build on each other, it can act, the endorphins has been proven to be that they are 200 times more powerful than morphine. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, crazy. And so when you think about that, you're like, okay, wait, but you know, my best friend just had a birth, and she said she couldn't even stand the pain, and that's why she got the epidural. And so, of course, that's valid too. And the reason that a lot—uh—I don't want to say a lot, but the reason that there is the opportunity to experience pain in childbirth is going back to those hormones. So if you're not during pregnancy and leading up to birth, feeling confident or feeling calm or really believing in the process, or, you know, you just, again, don't have this information and you've just been programmed to believe that birth is painful. Your mind sends those messages to your body and therefore you're creating mm-hmm. different hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like, we talk about a lot, uh, we hear about a lot like fight or flight, um, right your body then will go into fight or flight if you are feeling fearful or anxious when it happens. And that creates, uh, you know, cortisol and all these other um, hormones that are actually like overpowering the oxytocin and the endorphins. And so it kind of creates this cycle when you are feeling fearful, for example. And then your body tenses up because you're going into fight or flight. You're ready to, you know, subconsciously, your body's ready to fight somebody when you're tense. Uh, and and your your uterus is surging uh, or contracting, as you know, as like the medical term. Um, but you're tense, and it doesn't have room to move. You can imagine that creates a lot of pressure and a lot of sensation. And then when you're feeling that, you know, uncomfortable sensation, then it causes more fear, more fear causes more tension, more tension causes more pain. And then you just get into this cycle where it's hard for your body to get, you know, to those original land like you know the process was meant for the oxytocin and the Right, endorphins what the body doing. already knows what the body right. already knows and so um that's one piece of it is uh, especially in hypnobirthing but other you know other programs work on this too is if you can change your mindset or just be open to the thought that birth can actually be a, a wonderful experience that can already make a huge difference in the way that you experience the sensations of labor. Um, Something else I talk about too, we call it labor, which, you know, equates to work. And so I really like to compare it to, I'm not a runner, but uh, any, you know, form of exercise that is a little more strenuous, you know, uh, I like to lift weights. So by the end of like, whatever the fourth set or something, and you're on your last rep and your muscles are like crying or you're doing burpees, whatever you do. And your lungs are on fire. Like it doesn't feel good in that moment. And you're like, Oh, I'm I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this last rep, but it's not pain. It's not like breaking a bone. It's, you know, it's a different kind of sensation, even though it's uncomfortable. And so that's, that's where I try to differentiate in hypnobirthing is, you, I'm not saying it's going to be 100% pain-free or discomfort-free, right? but it's going to be more comfortable. And it's not going to be like shitting a watermelon. Like everybody's, (laughs) like everybody says, it's just not, it is just, just saying. So that's, that's one thing. If you can just change your thoughts and your mind, we know that the thoughts create Yes, the mind in is so body. powerful. It is so, but, so yeah. powerful.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, the thing is too, with that, like, it is a lot of like what we're inundated with. So like, what are you yes. consuming? What exactly. are you choosing to consume? You know, like, exactly. maybe we saw these things growing up, but we can definitely change our lens and definitely seek out different information. And Absolutely. I think that's so important, which I think is kind of like the pinnacle of what we've even been talking about. It's just yes. like, Consume other information and you don't have to agree with everything and you shouldn't, but you know, you should question it, you know, what works for you, what feels good for you. And um, and I love that too, because it's even goes along with like what we're also taught about our cycles and our periods and like that there's not magic in it, that it's it's this horrible thing that happens to us, not for us. Yeah, it's a curse, exactly. And also that it has to be horribly painful, which again is not true, and so much of that does connect to hormones and how we are working with our body and even like what we're thinking. So Um, I know for me, if I'm processing a bunch of stuff during that time, it is more painful physically, you know? And so it is so fascinating to hear you talk about that. And then me think about my background and knowledge, you know, with the inner cycle and, and how it's the same thing. And again, it all goes, I do see, I do see shifts. I do think it's evolving. It's just slower than I would like, probably slower than you would like. Yes,
1: of course. Um, and just kind of on that note too, process, you know, because someone might be listening to this and be like, well, I don't, I'm not scared of birth, but, you know, there are other, you know, if there is any, any kind of trauma living in the body that because birth is such a, again, pregnancy and birth, such a vulnerable time, but, um, in the Ayurvedic perspective during birth, like your crown chakra is completely open. And obviously, you know, your, your, um, your root chakra, chakra, Mm -hmm. thank you. Your root chakra is completely open. And so, um, in that time, uh, you know, you're pulling your baby from the heavens, uh, you know, bringing them earthside, right. and And um, because you're so energetically open during that time, it becomes like a portal for trauma in your body to surface. And we, you know, yes. I, w- we see that in a lot of stories. And again, it might not be something you're conscious of. And so something I would really recommend, is body work to to anyone yes. pregnant listening because even if you don't think you have any trauma that's fine it's still going to help you be relaxed and and release anything that may be in there that you didn't know like craniosacral therapy you know acupuncture etc but oh my that's gosh like,
0: I'm like how you just explain that I'm like that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard and we need to have a part two just on that I'm like <sighs> I'm over here like your, your womb space is like this little mini universe and the yeah. baby, you know, the baby's oh. in there and then it's I'm like, okay, okay. I didn't stop.
1: But, um, <laughs> I know, no, I could cry. I get yeah. emotional oh, during my so, classes so and that that's why I named my business what I did because motherhood is truly a transcendence and, you know, any, any iteration of motherhood, you know, but yes. birth is birth is one of those portals that you have the opportunity to experience that. And so, even just saying that like gives me goosebumps. So we can get in that headspace during pregnancy of like, oh my it's gosh, it's a gorgeous,
0: like, amazing gift, and then, oh, it's a yeah.
1: gift. It's yeah. a gift.
0: It's a yes. You know, yeah. I love it, and and not just the baby at the end of it, but the whole process can be a gift and can be. Yes. I mean, just a an opportunity for growth too. And I mean, yes. motherhood is the whole thing is opportunity for growth, but that that birthing piece can also be just a huge opportunity for growth. Um. Well, I, if I was going to birth a child, I would want you to be my doula. Stop. So I'm just Thank saying you. that like, you know, in my imaginary birth, you're there. So I'm just telling you that. I'm there <laughs> and maybe you. maybe you have been in another life, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so where can people find you? I'm going to share everything in the show notes. So Are you mostly on Instagram and you have your website?
1: Yes, I have my website. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. It's transcend.motherhoodco. Always sharing my perspective over there. Um, And you can also find me at my website, transcendmotherhoodco.com if you're interested in hypnobirthing. Um, I'm taking a break for the summer, but uh, I'll be back in the fall. So let me know. DM me if you have questions. I I love to be in the DMs and uh, just kind of offer some one-on-one advice. Oh, I love that. People can reach
0: out to you. That's great. I love it. I love it. Thank you for everything that you shared. I appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Thank you so much for hopping on today. I would love to know your favorite takeaway from this episode. You can find me on Instagram at a nourishing place, or let me know in your review. Community is so important to me and within a nourishing place. I would love to connect with you further. Sending you so many blessings and so much love.